So, John, you know yeah. you mentioned the other day that there's like some debate going on on the internet as to whether kobolds are like lizard men or dog men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I don't follow any of that so that I can be like objective when we do stuff for this channel. Okay. But why don't we fish out the books? Because I don't remember them being dogmen at all, but maybe that's because I only got in on the later editions. Yeah, let's do that. This is Red Dice Diaries. I'm John, this is Hannah. Hi. And today we're going to talk about kobolds, dogmen or lizardmen, the people want to know. But first of all, let's cue the music. Okay, so as we said before the intro music, we're going to be looking at the kobold and how they've changed throughout D&D history. We might even have a look at them in sort of popular mythology. Now, this originally came about because I just quite by chance happened to read two articles which both mentioned how kobolds have changed from being dogmen to lizardmen. And as Hannah said, I mentioned this to her and she wasn't really aware of it. Also, a podcast I listened to, Biggest Geekers, one of my favourite podcasts, they mentioned this as well recently. And I was like, hey, should we do an episode on this? And me and Hannah talked about it a bit. So what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to have a look through a series of monster manuals, like we did in our old monster episodes, mm -hmm. going from Rule Cyclopedia up to the 5th edition of Monster Manual. We're going to look at how the Kobold has changed on those monster manual entries, talk about what we think about it we might talk a little bit about how that might affect your game and as i say we'll possibly look into how they're represented in mythology so john i've got rules cyclopedia in my hand this is not a book i'm familiar with what is it well it was an attempt sort of back in the day to collate all the sort of basic D&D, for want of a better term, rules together in a single volume because there were various different versions of it, you know, like Basic Expert, the Beckme versions, and they wanted to collate all those rules into a single book. So they came out with the Rules Cyclopedia. Now, I've not got an original copy of it because they go for silly money, but I do have a print-on-demand copy that I got from DriveThru. Uh, so it is a straight copy of this one, copyright 1991 from TSR. Yeah, I believe so. So you've uh, bookmarked the Kobold page in the Chapter 14 Monsters. What does Indeed, it say about them? Uh, and the first sentence, these small, evil, dog-like humanoids usually live underground in clans of 10 to 60 members. There you go. They are, so they did used to be... Doggy. Does it say anything else about them? or? Uh, let's see. They have scaly, rust-brown skin, no hair. Yeah. Uh, so they're probably more like chihuahua-looking than anything else. Um, they have infravision. They attack by ambush. We get a little bit about, you know, how many hit dice of each type there are. Chieftain. Uh, kobolds hate gnomes and will attack them on sight. And there can be kobold spell casters. Yeah, see, certainly how I remembered it when I was sort of just trying to think back before we did the uh, the research for this episode is I do remember the sort of early pictures and the early descriptions of kobolds being as sort of like they had dog like faces, but I also remember them having sort of lizard like characteristics as well. Which, when people talk about like, oh, they used to be dogmen, now they're sort of lizard like. 
I think they probably have become more lizard-like, but they always had like lizard-like characteristics. They were never purely dogman, although they had faces that were sort of canine, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we, we could chat a bit more about that as we um, look so at the other books. There's no picture of them at all. No. Uh, so, yeah, on to AD&D. Yep, so I'm looking at my AD&D first edition Orange Spine Monster Manual here for Kobolds. And we get a black and white picture in here showing a small figure carrying a sword and a dagger, wearing like a sort of leather jerkin. It's got obviously scaly skin, but does have like a dog-like face with pointy ears and a little horn. Is that scaly skin or is it chainmail? Well, given that it has armour class 7, it's definitely not chainmail. But when you look here, like, round his knees, that's definitely chain skirt. That, that's true, but if you look at the actual legs going down to the feet, there is also scaling on them as well. But I think you could debate it, and obviously you could interpret it any way you want based on that picture. So what we get here is they've got a small amount of hit points, one to four each. They're tribal, they have war bands, stronger tribes rule weaker ones. They're normally found in dank, dark places, such as forests, subterranean settings. They hate sunlight. They've got improvision. Uh, for every 40 kobolds encountered, there'll be a leader and two guards with slightly higher stats. We get a bit about how a typical force of kobolds is equipped. And we are told that they hate most other life, delighting in killing and torture, in particular creatures such as brownies, pixies, sprites, and gnomes, which is an expansion on what we had in the Royal Cyclopedia. They war continually with a latter and attack them on sight, so they still hate gnomes. We're told in the description that the hide of kobolds runs from very dark rusty brown to a rusty black. They have no hair, their eyes are reddish, and their small horns are tanned to white. They favour red or orange garb, and they can live up for 135 years. So well, that's, that's the first mention of horns for them as well. Yes, it is. Well, it certainly seems to be in the books that we've looked at. So you've now got the AD&D 2nd Edition Monster Manual there. Mm -hmm. So does that have any differences to the 1st Edition? Uh, not massively that I can see. At least not in the stat block. Okay. Um, the ecology block just points out that kobolds are easy prey for other monsters, and that's probably why they're so nasty. Right, because they've been picked on effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got this bit about the Erd. Yeah. Who are flying kobolds, from what I can see. Yeah, like a, as is often the case in like AD and D Second Edition, you often get like a variant version of a creature, and the Erd would seem to be like bat-winged kobolds, which maybe that led to them being looked on as a bit more draconic later mm -hmm. on. You never know. I mean, the picture this time does look more lizardy. I mean, look at that tail, although it's kind of ratty as well. Yeah, and I was going to say, to mention the art, this is done by Tony Ditalezzi, yeah, who did it's... an awful lot of the Planescape art. It's got that sort of watercolour vibe to yeah. it, hasn't it? And I would say this one, look, they say, looks more rat-like or more like dog-like. You certainly can't mm. see the scales on the skin there. And I think certainly for many people whose main like experience, first experience of D&D was this monster manual, certainly I know mine was, mm -hmm. maybe they saw this picture and the sort of dog-like mention got sort of like built up in their mind and that sort of overtook the whole like scaly thing. I mean, it does oh, say that they have scaly else, hides. 
Something else worth noting, though, is that their language sounds like small dogs yapping yeah. in this now, edition. I believe later on, and we'll be able to verify this when we get to those books, they are described as speaking draconic, but in a sort of weird, like, yappy voice. Uh, this says they speak their own language, and some also speak Orcan Goblin. Yeah, and we should probably point out here that, sort of, as you can hear, our cat's eager to chip in, but um, we'll soldier on. As as I should probably point out, in the very earliest days of D&D, like when it was sort of moving on from chainmail, kobolds didn't even have their own sort of stat block. They were just sort of like a weaker version of goblins, so that might explain why they've got the goblin language, mm -hmm. but they became their own thing sort of later on, and certainly by rule cyclopedia, they'd become an entirely separate species. So, John, here's the uh, 3.5 manual. Yeah, and if we flick to the page that's got kobolds on it, I can see here that the depiction, the artwork, looks much more reptilian. We have this small sort of lizardy, greeny, brown-looking creature holding a spear. We're also told that their subtype is small humanoid reptilian, so again, they're leaning more into that. We're told they're about the size of a Nomar Halfling. They have a scaly hide, a naked tail like that of a rat, but it does say they have a dog-like head with mm -hmm. two small horns. Although the artwork definitely looks a lot less dog-like in terms of the face. Oh, yeah. It's got a bit of a snout still, but it looks more lizardy. We're told they're short reptilian humanoids with cowardly and statistic tendencies. Pretty much the description is the same as previous. They still, they still supposedly have this like dog-like head, but they are described as very reptilian in other regards. They like to attack with overwhelming odds, at least two to one, or trickery. They're sensitive to light. They live in dark places. They're good miners and often live in the mines they're developing. So that seems to be like a, a link back to the sort of original mythological basis of the kobold, which is sort of mining spirits and sort of like dwarves and stuff like that, if I remember correctly. We're told again that they still hate gnomes. And that's pretty much all we get on them, really. But there's definitely a move in 3.5, certainly in the artwork, if not the description, to make them look a little bit more reptilian. On that artwork, they've lost their ears. That's why they look so much more lizardy. That's true. They do have like, the big pointy ears in like, the previous artwork, don't they? And they mm -hmm. seem to have lost that. Although they've still maintained the two little horns and the elongated snout. But it mm -hmm. definitely looks more, almost like dinosaur-like, like a yeah. little dinosaur rather than a dog. But the description still describes them as being a bit dog-like. So mm -hmm. whether that was just the art director's personal <laughs> flavour, obviously we don't know. But you've got the fourth edition Monster Manual there, love. So what does that say about kobolds? So as always with fourth ed, we've got half a dozen different stat blocks. Oh, yeah, for the variants. Slight variants. Yeah. We've got a minion... A skirmisher, a slinger, a dragon shield, and a worm priest. Yeah. And that's where it gets a bit weird. Have they been worshipping dragons before now? I believe from what I've been reading online, that sort of around about AD&D second ad, there was a an adventure module that came out called Dragon Mountain. And in that, there was like a distinct subspecies or tribe of kobolds. Unfortunately, I've not got a copy of this, so I'm only going on my research. Who did worship dragons under that particular circumstance in that module. 
And then from that point on, there seems to have been a move to link kobolds more closely with dragons as a whole race, rather than just that sort of little tribe. So, um, kobold lore, with a successful nature check, DC 15, kobolds often dwell near dragons' lairs, maintaining safe distance but bringing sacrificial offerings to their god. Yeah, and even back in the M3.5 monster manual, it says when it comes to language, unlike previously where it said kobolds have their own language and they spoke goblins' languages, in the 3.5 monster manual it says they speak draconic, but with this strange sort of barking, yapping, almost canine voice. So we're starting to see that shift more towards associating them with dragons from 3.5, and it's only been become more pronounced in 4th edition, it mm -hmm. looks like. They certainly look more draconic in the artwork. I was going to say, yeah, this artwork's very, very lizardy. They're now bright green. Yeah. Uh, they've got no ears, lots of spikes on the heads very lizardy snouts yeah no ambiguity on this they are lizard guys well i will say compared to the um compared to the 3.5 one where i was saying it looked a bit more sort of dinosaur-y in the artwork mm -hmm. they almost look more sort of like alligator or like crocodile like in the fourth edition artwork mm -hmm. you know they've got the the sort of long snout with all the teeth coming down so that just leaves us a fifth ed book love yeah and as per normal with fifth ed the monster gets a full page spread. We get a couple of different variant stat blocks. One for a kobold, one for a winged kobold, which are presumably the Erd from mm -hmm. previous editions, although they're not specifically called that. We're told they're egg-laying creatures. So again, I believe they always laid eggs, but again, it specifically pushes it forward here. So making those reptilian characteristics come to the fore. We're told they make up for their physical ineptitude with cleverness for traps digging tunnels stuff like that so that's still a link back to the mining of mythology we're told they worship a lesser god named Kirtlemak, who supposedly served as a vassal to tiamat the god of the evil chromatic dragons so again a link with the draconic kind we're told that they served as Tiamat's vassal until Gaul Glittergold, who is the chief gold god of gnomes, stole a trinket from the Dragon Queen's hoard. Tiamat sent mm -hmm. Kirtlemat to retrieve that, but Gaul Glittergold managed to play a trick on him, collapsing the earth and trapping him in an underground maze. For this reason, kobolds hate gnomes. So this is just a justification for why they attack gnomes on sight. And I like that. It gives a bit of flavour to the, um, the original sort of rather they just hate gnomes because that you got mm -hmm. in earlier editions. But I'm not saying that's something you couldn't have dealt with as a GM earlier on, but it's nice that they've at least given a bit of a nod to that. We're told here with regards to winged kobolds, a few kobolds are born with leathery wings and can fly. These are known as erds. So it's not really a subspecies here. It's just like an odd sort of like birth thing. Presumably some sort of, if they're directly related to dragons, some sort of like recessive gene or something mm -hmm. like that. I don't know. Although the erd wings gifts are seen as gifts from Tiamat, the Dragon Queen, wingless kobolds are envious of them and don't get along with them in general. So again, tying back to like evil chromatic dragons. Other than that, they're pretty similar here. The artwork shows a, a sort of red-tinged reptilian humanoid who but definitely looks got, very dragon-like here. He's got quite a doggy snout though. I think it's the nose. Yeah, he's got a bit of a sort of dog's it, nose, hasn't he? Yeah, it's sort of like German Shepherd for just the nose and then everything else is still like quite a little dragon. dragon man yeah 
and we've got like the long tail the the horns looks pretty similar to previous okay so we've looked at kobolds throughout various editions of DD and we've highlighted some of the differences in terms of mythology the encyclopedia britannica tells us that kobolds in german folklore are mischievous household spirits who help with chores and give other valuable services but they can hide household items or like kick over like stools and cause trouble they're very temperamental it's like your brownies and your pukas and stuff like that mm -hmm. they're a small fairy creature some kobolds have also been called the spirits of caves and mines which is as we said earlier you know tying back into that um, still others have specific names such as the Hodakin, apologies to German listeners if I'm getting that wrong, who frighten unfaithful wives, and Goldemar, who see the secret sins of the clergy. So, um, Wikipedia says that kobold and goblin originate from the same word. Yeah. And obviously they're, of, they're like folklore that has a lot of crossover. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me, because as we were saying originally, they, they weren't even differentiated mm -hmm. in D&D. &D. And you have to wonder whether the word kobold would even be remembered right now if it weren't for D&D. &D. Well, that's or whether it, it would have yeah. been... I mean, it very much feels to me, and obviously, I, I didn't have an opportunity to speak to the people who made this decision, so I don't know, but it very much feels to me that the the kobolds were originally just sort of like oh it's an alternate word for goblin to the point mm -hmm. they didn't even have a separate stat line it was just like oh there's goblins and then there's a weaker version of goblins called kobolds with less hit points so it seems to me like they sort of they came from this mythological law where like goblins kobolds fairies and all of that stuff were sort of lumped in together and there was a lot of crossover and then as D D has gone on and become like yeah. a brand unto itself and become a stronger thing they were like oh we want to make them a bit more individual because there's no point having like one monster with two names we've got goblins how can we make the kobolds differently so for some reason they became these weird sort of dog man lizard man hybrids then at some point later on, there was this module where a specific sort of subspect of kobolds got linked with dragons and dragon worship, and then that got pushed to the fore as we went into later editions. So there were still those sort of canine characteristics there, but the lizard-like characteristics got emphasised more. So I think in terms of the, the original sort of argument, you know, oh, they used to be dogmen and now they're like dragon men, I would say that, no, they were pretty always sort of lizardy like creatures. Granted, they've become more lizardy as time's gone on. And yeah, okay, the whole thing with dragons and the worship of dragons didn't really exist early on. But I think that first description, you could very much understand them to be mammalian right up to third edition. Yeah. Just, yeah. And I suspect, <laughs> and again, this is just my suspicion. Obviously, I don't know this. I suspect that. Like a lot of monsters in like the early D and D, they were just pretty much like a grab bag of different like characteristics and descriptions. But mm -hmm. they were like, "Oh, this sounds cool and entertaining. Let's throw it together." And more props to them for doing that. But I expect later on, as they were tightening things up a little bit, they were like, "Oh, it's a bit confusing." So are they are they mammals? Are they reptiles? Are they this? Are they that? So they started to sort of like firm them up a little bit and decide which way they wanted to go with that. Like I said, maybe this module, Dragon Mountain, was a bit of a testing ground for that, or maybe people just responded positively to it. I don't know. 
book from that period of time that were like right okay the the sort of lizard thing either fit more into their sort of plans for the future of D&D or it was more popular so they're like right instead of this confusing mix of like mammal and lizard like characteristics let's just emphasize the like lizard like characteristics because then we've essentially particularly as they're introducing dragonborn and other sort of more dragony stuff I mean it's called Dungeons and Dragons for God's sake as they're introducing that, they were like, oh, we've got a niche within sort of dragon kind for a low-level goblin-like sort of threat, whereas we don't really need, like, random little dogmen. So I expect that's why mm. it got pushed. I don't know, but I expect that's the case. So I would say, you know, it's not a case of they changed completely from dogmen to lizardmen. It's just a case of some characteristics that were always there, the scaly skin, etc., just got exaggerated more and then they got linked with dragons later on on the other hand aesthetically whichever way you want to go in your game do it if you want weird chihuahua kobolds go for it if you want entirely lizardy kobolds that's fine too and i mean to be fair i think there's a place for like ironically for like both types of kobolds in mm-hmm. your game because i think if i was just using kobolds on their own I'd probably go more for like the, the sort of slightly more canine ones of earlier editions because I find them a bit more interesting. They're a bit more bizarre. I like that sort of flavour. Whereas if I was running an adventure where it's like, oh, you're facing a tribe who worship a dragon, I could just use the same stats for kobolds, but just describe them a bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, because basically, again, like if I was, um, if I was talking, well, when I recently ran the, um, the the Island of Blood game at the the local con we had the remnants of a sort of reptile sort of empire on that island. And I was like, oh, everything on this island's descended from like the slaves of these snake men who've died out. So I was like, oh, they're main slave. They're like enforcers. I'm going to use lizard men stats for. But for just their normal slaves who did the grunt work, I'm going to use kobold stats for them because they're smaller, they're sneakier, but they're not sort of like as in your face. So I would probably like, again, use the kobold stats for that. If I wanted like a lesser lizard man threat, but just describe them a bit differently. And I could use the same sets of stats for both in the same game. I probably wouldn't call them kobolds for both of them because I'd want to like avoid confusion. But it's dead easy to reskin stuff like this. So mm-hmm. I'd be perfectly happy using both in a game. So anything else to say about kobolds? They're always fun. Yeah, and I've got to remember one random thing that's occurred to me just as we're sort of wrapping up is I remember probably the reason why I think of them as dogmen is I seem to remember that in the Reaper's miniature range oh yeah their kobolds do look quite dogtanian yeah and for those of you who don't know if you've not just mentioned this before Hannah used to work in our local gaming shop now sadly no longer with us as a bricks and mortar store but yeah. still going online Spirit Games go and check that out but when Hannah was working there, like before we got together, I used to go in and look at the miniatures and stuff in there. And the Reaper ones, they had about four kobolds in with like little spears. And they were very dog like, they say very dog tanyan mm. and the three musket hounds. And that sort of stuck with me. So I expect that's probably where my view of kobolds comes from. So that's it for this episode, talking about kobolds and their transition from sort of dogman to draconic worshipping lizard man we hope you've enjoyed the episode if you'd like to get in touch maybe tell us what your preferred flavor 
of kobold is or how you've used them in your games then you can get in touch with us a few different ways you can leave us a voicemail message using speakpipe or anchor there'll be a link in the description of this show or you can send us a, an email message to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com so until we see you again take care stay safe and whatever game you're playing have fun bye <laughs>